More Americans report serious cognitive issues these days than at any other time in the last 15 years, according to Census Bureau data. The rise in adults registering difficulty with memory, concentration, or decision-making started with the pandemic and is likely attributable to long COVID and psychological effects from that time, though researchers say it's too early to tease out all the reasons for the increase. This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. Machine learning, a branch of artificial intelligence, could help stop the spread of HIV. Researchers have developed an automated decision support tool to help primary care providers identify patients likely to benefit from PrEP medications, which help prevent HIV infection. Patients at clinics that use the tool received PrEP prescriptions at four and a half times the rate of those at clinics that didn't. The October Consumer Price Index Report released Tuesday showed inflation is slowing, but what people pay for health care is generally rising, a trend that experts expect to continue. Health insurance costs rose 1.1% after months of declines, and health care costs increased 0.3% in October, driven by price increases for hospital care and prescription drugs. And, as weight loss drugs prove costly for employers and health plans, Connecticut is trying a different approach to control spending on the drugs. Politico healthcare reporter Kelly Hooper is here to explain whether a new method could be used for others wrestling with the high price tag of the popular medications. Hey, Kelly, thanks for being here. Hey, Lauren, thanks for having me. So Connecticut's state employee health plan was going to spend $30 million this year on the diabetes and weight loss drugs Ozempic and Wagovi. That was until they found a different solution. So can you explain what's going on here and what are they making health plan members do? So the Connecticut State Comptroller, Sean Scanlon, who runs the state employee health plan, was looking at how much they were on course to spend on weight loss drugs like Ozempic and Wegovi, and it was astronomical. And so what they ended up doing was, in a partnership with a telehealth company called IntelliHealth, they are now offering a program called Flight to their employees. Now anyone who is seeking Ozempic or Wegovi for weight loss has to enroll in Flight, which is a clinical lifestyle management program. And then through that program, they will meet with providers and have this personalized plan drawn out for them. And that might include being prescribed a weight loss drug like Ozempic or Wegovi, or it might include another treatment path for them. And so the idea behind this is that it'll hopefully cut down a little bit on the amount of people that are being prescribed these weight loss drugs to treat obesity. So potentially giving members some other options before necessarily handing over a script for one of these drugs. So what are some of the key factors states are weighing as they decide whether to cover weight loss drugs through Medicaid? How states are approaching covering the drugs through Medicaid is really varying right now from state to state. I spoke with the director of the National Association of Medicaid Directors, and she told me pretty much all Medicaid directors are thinking about how they're going to cover these drugs for weight loss just because they are booming in popularity over this past year, and they are highly effective at weight loss. Currently, 16 states offer Medicaid coverage of these weight loss drugs, and she said pretty much all the states are 
thinking about whether they will offer that in the future. But one of the biggest components is just the high cost of these drugs. And that's a big factor, of course, in states deciding whether they're going to cover them. The list prices for the drugs in the U.S. is a lot higher than it is in other countries. Plus, people will have to be on these drugs likely for the rest of their lives, right? Exactly. That's definitely a component, too. So they're sort of doing this cost-benefit analysis. On the one hand, the drugs are highly effective at treating obesity, and being on them could help reduce people's risk for other diseases like cardiovascular diseases. But then they are going to have to stay on them for a long time, potentially forever. So states are sort of just, you know, weighing how much that is going to cost. Will it be worth it if it's going to reduce risk for some of these other diseases? And so there's all these factors that they're thinking about right now. So what's next here? Could Connecticut's approach be a model for other employers struggling with the costs of weight loss drugs? And are there any other states or major employers that are looking to go in a similar direction? Yeah, so there's sort of a lot happening in this space right now. So Connecticut is deploying this program where people will use this clinical lifestyle management program, and they're finding a way to keep coverage of the drugs. And then at the same time, some other states or public health plans are cutting or limiting coverage of the drugs. So North Carolina recently announced a moratorium on covering the drugs for new users starting in the new year, and they're doing that as they evaluate whether they want to completely cut coverage of the drugs going forward just because of how much it has cost their state plan. The University of Texas recently dropped coverage of the drug, noting the tens of millions of dollars a year it was costing their health plan. And the University of Michigan raised the premium prices for people that are on these drugs. And so there's a lot of big health plans that are sort of cutting back or limiting coverage on these drugs. And Connecticut, as far as we know, is sort of the first state health plan to offer some sort of telehealth platform like Flight where people can continue receiving the drug as long as they are going through this lifestyle management program. But from the folks I spoke to, they said that this idea that Connecticut is using is sort of beginning to gain traction with some large employers, but we're still sort of at the early stages of that because, you know, it is a pilot program in Connecticut and they're not sure how successful it will be. And so if it does end up working out and saving the state a lot of money, it definitely could be something that potentially other states or just other large employers start picking up. All right. Well, thanks so much, Kelly, for running through that with us. Thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters, where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>